This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. You're listening to Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here again is Dan Loney. Welcome back. Hour number two of Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 132 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. Today, we look at how veterinary pathology impacts the intersection of human, animal, and environmental health through extensive disease surveillance. Pathologists examine organs, tissue, body fluids, cells, and molecules to look for clues to disease and injuries. PenVet does this same work, but with animals. Their research has direct impact on agricultural systems, animal welfare, and law enforcement, which has important ties to human social welfare, as well as uh, man-made ecosystems on wildlife. PenVet has joined the Pennsylvania Animal Diagnostic Laboratory System, also known as PADLES, in conjunction with Penn State University and the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture in a program that is dedicated to health, safety, and welfare of families here and abroad. Dr. Julie Engels is an associate professor of pathology at PennVet's New Bolton Center, and she's also a section head for avian and mammalian pathology for the PADLES program. Julie, great to have you with us today. Great to be here. Thanks so much for the invite. Thank you. So I guess let's kind of start out with an overall view of pathology and its, in general, and it's important to the veterinary profession. Yes. Well, what we do is um, by no means a glamorous job. It's, it's uh, one of those dirty jobs. <laughs> right. And it would be helpful if you didn't have your nose. But um, okay. well, although the nose can be helpful sometimes. So what we do is provide answers or try to provide answers to really important questions. So it may be as simple of a question of why did this animal die? Right. And that could be, well, you know, who cares? Well, you might care if the reason why this animal died could be an infectious disease that not only can infect animals, but also could infect humans. So, so what we do is, in a very systematic way, dissect the, the dead body in front of us. And by that dissection, it reveals... Um, you know, abnormalities that we're trained to identify. And from those abnormalities, we collect tissue samples that then get fixed in that formaldehyde. And those tissue samples get processed so that we can take very, very ultra-thin sections to mount them on glass slides, stain them with some pink and blue dyes. And from that, we're able to identify abnormalities in patterns and colors that give us indications of the disease process itself. I, I don't think that, that that maybe the general public understands how significant this link is when you're talking about the use of pathology and, and the studying of, of all these different elements in connection with all of the different entities of the agriculture community uh, uh, that that are impacted. And this is even going to the business side of this. As you said, if, a, if an animal dies because of some disease and it has an impact on other animals, you're talking about an economic impact on the farmers, on the food system, you know, that, that continues to kind of spider web out, it, it appears. Correct. Um, one really important example 
is the foot and mouth disease outbreak that occurred in the UK a few years ago and how um, devastating it was for not only the people involved in agriculture, but the macro economy as a whole. Um, It affected not only those animals that needed to be eliminated from the population, forming an effective quarantine, very, very strict quarantine, but it also affected um, imports and export markets, Um, even travel in terms of where people were allowed to go um, into places that were within quarantine zones and out. It really um, had very far-reaching and fairly devastating effects. So part of our job here is to provide surveillance for those type of diseases that can have enormous implications. And the faster you're able to potentially identify one of these infectious agents, the sooner, you know, we can, the, the, the government regulatory agencies can come in, establish quarantine zones, and try and minimize the negative effects associated with that process. So then explain, if you could, the, the PADLES program. And, and I mentioned that it's, it's in conjunction with the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture and also Penn State University. And, and what all is involved? Because it, Pennsylvania, like many other states, has a very robust agriculture business that goes on year to year. Yes, it's a about five billion dollar business, and it is the top industry in our state, which is somewhat unusual. Where in many other states, their top industry is say healthcare or something like that. So it's very, very important to um, the constituents of, of Pennsylvania to maintain the health of our animals. And so, one of the ways we do this, um, and this is how. You know, the veterinary school at University of Pennsylvania, which is a a private institution, actually is in collaboration with state regulatory agencies and state ag using this Pennsylvania Animal Laboratory Diagnostic Lab system in conjunction with other um, state laboratories at one is at Penn State and the other is at Harrisburg with the Department of Ag. So as a as a team in three different locations, we um, our laboratories are able to provide pretty thorough um, evaluation of all sorts of creatures that come through our laboratories right. you know, looking out for these for these diseases. Um, we also um, at least in my position, have a component of um, research in addition to service, as well as teaching and education. Right, um, right. And- because because even as we speak of this as kind of a Pennsylvania entity between uh, you folks at Penn Vet and Penn State and, and the Department of Agriculture here in Pennsylvania, the research side of it can be valuable to, to states across the U.S. and probably entities outside the U.S. if the if the situation warrants. Correct. So, you know, our surveillance of chronic wasting disease, which is a prion um, disease that occurs in um, white-tailed deer, we're surveying those deer that come into our laboratory to be on the lookout for that prion disease. Um, the sister disease that you may be more familiar with is the bovine spongiform encephalopathy that is caused by a prion. So all of these things are, are linked. It's very difficult to really separate animal medicine, 
from human medicine. Um, and with both animals and humans, we're also tied very tightly to our ecosystems um, on a local, regional, and, and global um, perspective. We're joined by Dr. Julie Engels of, of the uh, University of Pennsylvania Veterinary School. Uh, we're talking about the, the work that they are doing in the uh, realm of pathology and the paddles program that they are involved with, uh, as well as Penn State and the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture. Your comments, if you would uh, choose to, are welcome on the phone at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment on Twitter at BizRadio132 or my Twitter account, which is at Dan Loney 21. I, I thinking about all the different types of animals that could come into play and and are and are involved in the agriculture industry here in the state of Pennsylvania. It's a it's a wide range. I mean, mm-hmm. I think probably people's first thought are, are cattle, uh, but it, it, you would think of sheep and horses and and all kinds of different animals that that probably you end up seeing over the course of a year. Yeah, um, as of last year, I think we've we've seen. Um, close to 600 um, large animals come through our laboratories, um, and they're mostly uh, probably about uh, half of those are a little bit more than half are, are horses um, yeah. because we have a huge equine industry um, in this area. And then the others are, as you said, um, cattle, sheep, goats, llamas, alpacas, um, swine, all of those things come into our laboratory. Um, we do see small animals like dogs and cats. Um, some of those come in associated with either law enforcement agencies um, or uh, cases of, of animal neglect. Um, we also see um, poultry and and, uh, and wild birds. So that um, avian pathology lab has seen about... 2,500 to 3,000 um, birds that come through our lab. So as, um, as diagnosticians, as veterinarians and pathologists, one thing we can say is that we are never bored. <laughs> well, you, you touched on something I wanted to, to bring up anyway, uh, is the legal side, that there are instances of, of uh, improper care of animals, mm-hmm. and that goes to some of the legal issues that may, pay, uh, may pop up here in the state of Pennsylvania involving people and the care of those uh, animals, but also with the state and the regulations that are involved as well. Absolutely. And, and in some of those extreme cases of, of animal neglect to where it, it can um, extend into abuse, um, we know uh, that there have been established ties between people that abuse animals and people who turn on their own humans and are associated with domestic violence in the home. So one area where, you know, another area where we kind of extend into is that that realm that connects, again, the health um, between animals as well as humans. Um, and so that is one aspect or one area in which we serve is to provide people with information and also information that can help educate people in terms of what is appropriate versus inappropriate, you know, care of an animal. Um, you mentioned a second ago when when talking about the different animals that, that you see, you mentioned the equine industry. And for those that don't follow it, the equine industry would comprise what? Oh, well, 
we have the racing industry that yeah. comprises both um, standard breads and the harness race horses, as well as thoroughbreds, which are the flat race horses. We also have steeplechase races in the area where you're out here on the farm. There's yeah. still existing fox hunts that go on. Um, and then we have the entire sport horse industry that is competitive, you know, horses, whether it's in Western um, pleasure um, or um, kind of rodeo um, activities or the hunter jumper circuits. One of one example is the you know the Devon Horse Show that we have every year here in the Philadelphia um, area. And yeah, then yeah. you have all of the industries that are tied to that, which is the shipping industry, whether yeah. it's shipping of the animals themselves or of hay and feed or the um, agriculture that goes into producing the feed for these animals, as well as the green space where they reside. And, and I would think that also part of it would it would include the potential use of, of different chemicals in these spaces and what may end up being contaminants for, for these creatures. Could be, absolutely. And that's another aspect of, you know, when we're surveying for disease, it may not just be infectious, it could be um, environmental or, or toxicologic. Um, and one, this is a, a different species, but um, we are looking into, you know, projects evaluating microplastics and identifying huh. them within our wild bird populations as well as marine life to see, you know, what the impact is of these substances on not only the ecosystem and these animals, but also, you know, internally, what what could that be doing maybe to their endocrine systems or just the fact that maybe their stomach's full of plastic so they can't eat? Um, we, we don't know the effects yet, and that is one um, really wonderful aspect of my job that I find most interesting is the ability to explore into realms that haven't yet been explored and you're always in this field always learning something new every day we are joined by dr julie engels of the uh, university of pennsylvania veterinary school at their new bolton center your comments are welcome at 844 wharton 844-942-7866 or if you'd like send us a comment via twitter either at biz radio 132 or my twitter account which is at dan loney l-o-n-e-y 21 so the paddles program how unique is it in the scope of of the the agriculture industry as a whole here in the United States? I think what makes our laboratory systems unique is the fact that it um, we have such a strong tie with the University of Pennsylvania, which holds um, such a tremendous wealth of intellectual talent um, and resources that we can capitalize on. So if we are seeing, you know, either a problem in an infectious disease or um, even neoplastic disease like cancer, we are able to use what we see in animals and sometimes apply them into the realm of, of human medicine um, and vice versa. So examples of that are collaborations with groups um, with the medical school, school of um, engineering, et cetera, that, that evaluate um, infectious disease like waterborne pathogens um, using hmm. a mouse model that could actually be applied to not only 
um, humans that acquire this disease. It's a very important disease in, in third world nations, but also could be applied to cattle in Pennsylvania. So we can serve um, both groups using kind of the same program right. that, that involves collaborations and connections. Um, another example is with um, uh, cancer. So dogs, um, large breed dogs, um, get a type of bone cancer that is fairly rare, um, but it is um, seen in children. And it's a devastating disease. Wow. Um, uh, and so we are studying the effects of um, a very special targeted vaccine, immunotherapy, um, against this tumor in dogs to see if it is safe and efficacious with potential application to translating that um, type of medicine into into humans. You know, one of the things that we've talked about with the agriculture sector mm -hmm. on this show over the last couple of years, and, and it's true about uh, business in general right now, is there is a, an incredible level of innovation that's going on right now. And I would think that part of the work that you are doing there at New Bolton Center also plays into the various pieces of innovation that are going on in the ag sector throughout the country. Correct. So... Um, I think, you know, veterinarians in general, based on just the nature of what we do and our training, and even more so veterinary pathologists, we make connections. So by our very job description, we are collaborators and we tie things together, whether it be, you know, um, microbiologists or engineers or um, whomever or people treating humans versus people treating animals and we connect them together to advance the field of medicine and kind of move that ball down the field one more yard. 844-WHARTON is the number to give us a call, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio132 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Dr. Julie Engels of uh, University of Pennsylvania Veterinary School joining us on the phone, talking about the program uh, that they are involved with, the Paddles Program, which is also a partnership with Penn State University and the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture. I saw also in terms of the rundown of what occurs through the Paddles Program is also also, uh, really looking at uh, testing on animals, and, but also animal byproducts that have the potential to be exported as well. Yes, yes. Um, and, and that is one, one other aspect of the Paddles Lab that provides such strength is that you really have three laboratories that form a slightly overlapping um, Venn diagram, but each laboratory has their own kind of niche and specialty that, that every, you know, that each lab within that system can utilize. So we're not completely reduplicated. So we kind of maximize that power and efficiency of the expertise that resides in each of those diagnostic labs. And that does apply to the health and safety of animals for, for food, as well as their byproducts and, and um, testing of um, tissues and such for, you know, export. Um, it's all tied into our state um, 
health system as well as our USDA. And so when you think about, you know, one lab entity, it's actually a big spider web that connects other laboratories within the state as well as externally um, so that we maintain a very strong web of communication and diagnostics that, that reach into every, every corner of our country. I mentioned Penn State, which obviously has a has a reputation with a, a vast agricultural mm-hmm. problem uh, department, I should say, uh, themselves. Uh, take us into that partnership and the things that you can glean from them and they can glean from you. Mm-hmm. So um, we uh, have, I guess, the the virology at Penn State is a really, really strong program. So say I have an animal that comes in with a disease that that looks like it could be a virus and sometimes there are viruses that we've seen before and we you know run tests appropriate to make that diagnosis and confirm that disease but occasionally we have uh, we happen upon a virus that we've never seen before. And one example of that is um, you know that is West Nile virus that was actually identified in a population of birds in the Bronx Zoo by a veterinarian, and it was um, and it was determined to be a novel virus. Um, this virus not only affects our birds, but it's also you know seen and is devastating to horses, which is why. We've had a vaccine developed for horses, and it also can infect humans. Right. Um, so one example of where we can really utilize Penn State is given their um, facilities, we can send tissue samples to Penn State, and they can kind of harvest an unknown virus from that and using their um, equipment and technologies begin to... Um, identify that virus and determine whether or not it's something we've seen before or perhaps it is something new. I would imagine that, uh, that well, off of that comment, how, how, how often do you see new things in this and how much is, uh, is it sometimes different strains of, of, a, of a disease that you have seen pr- uh, prior? Correct. So we may not see, we don't often see new things all the time, although we may see them. And unfortunately, we may not recognize them at the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's one aspect, you know, you, you, it's, it's not what you um, don't know. It's what you don't know. You don't know uh, right. <laughs> in yeah. this field. So, um, so we don't often identify new viruses, but absolutely we identify different um Strains of of either new viruses or different variations um, of bacterial pathogens as well. So any you know any organism has the ability to change its it, itself through changes occurring within the DNA. Right, um, and that is from the teeniest organisms on the planet to you know humans. Um, so we're all we're all somewhat the same. <laughs> I'll tell you what you weren't kidding when you said earlier that every day is a new day, and you and, and sometimes you don't know what's coming down the track to you. It's it's an amazing how much you are involved in in all kinds of different areas, Doctor Engels, and and I appreciate you giving us a few minutes of your time to talk about it. 
Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Dr. Julie Engels uh, from the University of Pennsylvania Veterinary School, their new Bolton Center, where she's an associate uh, professor of pathology. She's also a section head for avian and mammalian pathology with the Paddles program, as we mentioned, tied in also with Penn State University and the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.